0: Welcome to episode 29 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. As usual, I am so happy that you're spending time with me and my fabulous mystery guest on the playground today. Before I introduce you to this week's awesome guest, I wanted to give a shout out to some puddle jumpers on Instagram. A couple of people I met in the real world this summer and who I am lucky enough to be related to. Jasper Cool Guy, and Marie's Madsen. Or is that Marie S. Madsen? Either way, she's fabulous and wonderful and incredibly talented. And I also want to mention Changemaker Hub, a hub space for local Black entrepreneurs to build their social enterprise, thanks to Mona at The Boundless Mindset. And finally, from my pup Frank, a big woof hello to his bestie, Hartley the Pup. If you are not yet part of the puddle jumping community, I invite you to officially become a puddle jumper and connect with me on Instagram at puddlejumpcoaching001. I'm all about connecting with people and see social media as a great way to do that. I am beyond excited to welcome such a lovely person onto the playground today. Please say hello to Marina Pavel, and I promise you'll know exactly what I'm talking about by the end of our career chat. Welcome, Marina Pavel. I am absolutely delighted and thrilled that you are here with me on the, with us on the playground today. And I'm just going to give some context to the listener. So I met Marina a few years ago now, and she is a teacher of foreign languages. She has a degree in that, a degree in international relations. She's all about program, project management, grant management. She's smart. She's bright. She's dynamic. And I met her through the Federal Internship for Newcomers program, the mentorship program that I was a facilitator with at OCISO. And she is going to knock your socks off. So I'm just absolutely thrilled to welcome you to the playground marina
1: oh thank you so much Tony. it's such a great honor to to be invited and i'm very thrilled to come to your playground project i have listened a couple of of your podcasts those people you invited are so amazing i hope i will not disappoint uh, your audience but uh, thank you so much for having me it's my honor well you're welcome and but that's why i invited you
0: because (laughs) you are (laughs) that you are like that so we're just going to go through, I mean, everybody knows the questions and everything like that, but I like to mix things up, but I also do think it's really important to kind of look at the pivots, but we start yes. by looking at kind of earlier. So where did you grow up?
1: So I grew up in Ukraine where I was born and I, I finished my high school and both university degrees in Ukraine. It was great experience. I really use all the knowledge and experience I got in Ukraine and was able to actually use it here in Canada. and so excited and lucky that, you know, I could contribute based on my education and, and my background that I obtained back home.
0: And what was high school like? What is the whole logistics of high school in Ukraine?
1: Right. It was actually amazing. I was a student in a class where, you know, like all the students ha- had either A or B, you know, like were excellent in their studies. So I was so lucky to be part of that particular class. So I had a choice to participate in any activity in a school that I would I would like to do like for example my passion was our English classes and our English teacher organized Shakespeare play Romeo and Juliet and I was so to play Juliet so I enjoyed oh. it doing that. Yeah. And in English, it was so cool. And the other thing, I also was part of a dance band with my classmates and performed at school festivities. I was also attending classes to become a news anchor. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was really fun. And itself, uh, we had like a self-governance day at school where teachers would become students and students could become teachers. And uh, I was offered the role to play a role of a principal. So I dressed up and I used her office and It was so awkward to me, you know, I was uh, in 11th grade, I think, but I felt, oh my God, it's not only cool to be a principal of the school, but it's also so much responsibility, you know, like Mm -hmm. people would come in the office and ask questions and, you know, like how to handle things. So it was fun. And it was also a good experience for my future perspective. I'm getting a lot of leadership vibes. I would assume so. Maybe. Maybe in the future. I, I aspire to this. So far, I'm happy where I am. And I really like inspiring people. It's also part of leadership. So who knows?
0: <laughs> well, and that's what I mean. I'm like, if they saw you as this principal role way back then, to me, that exudes leadership. That says to me that you have these leadership qualities that even back then people were recognizing.
1: didn't think about it. I just thought I was lucky, but thank you. <laughs>
0: so you're there. I love that you took part in all of these different school experiences and extracurricular activities. I think a lot of people don't a lot of opportunities that they're that they miss by not doing those things
1: I agree. I'm sorry, I didn't miss because my studies were so intense. So I had to find something that could kind of brighten my life because <laughs> I was so focused, right? I was so focused on studies and my parents were a bit strict, you know, like you have, you have to have like an excellent mark in each of the discipline. And I, I was kind of under pressure, but then I found myself that I, I really loved you, to have a good mark, to have good grades and mm-hmm. yeah, to be good at at, at everything. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that must be like, my friend. It was hard, but I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that I did it, for sure.
0: Good. And so when you were in high school, was it a given that you went to university afterwards?
1: It was a given. I mean, my parents were very adamant. You kind of study hard, you will continue at the university. And I actually knew what I wanted to do and where I want to actually, you know, which university I want to enter and what I want to study. Yeah, sometimes we struggle. But as I said, I really loved my English classes. And my teacher, she was hilarious. She was just so good. She was inspiring. But also, she believed so much that I can master the language, you know, that I can help others. And Yeah, she inspired me a lot. And I think it influenced my future choices, for sure.
0: I think that teachers are incredible. And I remember in 2016, I was doing a book signing at Chapters South Keys. And it was from my book, Unlock Your Future, The Seven Keys to Success, that I co-wrote. And it was a big deal. All of a sudden, my grade six English teacher, Mrs. Tarasovsky, walked into the bookstore and i've put this I've, on a throwback thursday on on instagram the picture of me in tears like sobbing because this is mrs t like she meant so much to me so i i feel that your english teacher probably had that same effect on you and if she could if you could see her now it would be a, a pretty emotional kind of experience because oh, of for what sure. i can imagine yeah. So English, what else were you doing in university?
1: I was lucky and I, I entered the uh, foreign languages department where I could study linguistics, foreign languages, in particular English, German, and foreign literature. So I enjoyed it. I, I told my mom, because she was paying for my education, I said, I enjoyed every single day of my five-year studies at this particular faculty, which I was dreaming about. And uh, she agreed, you know, like, let's do it. She supported me. It was amazing. So again, I found myself, you know, apart from hard, apart from studying hard and, you know, trying my best, not the best, but to be good at what I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also was invited to be a cheerleader for a, a soccer team.
0: <laughs> and that was I that. love it. So brains <laughs> and beauty. That's great. All right. So it's fun. What? So there you are.
1: Yeah, thank you. And later on, was selected as a participant of Canada-Ukraine parliamentary program when I was a fourth-year student. And it was a internship in Canadian Parliament for two months. So I was selected to participate twice. And the first experience was I was helping one of your uh, former foreign ministers, uh, Bill Graham, at that point. And later on, the second time when I came to Canada, so I helped. Sorry, I helped Bill Grant with a, a re-election campaign at that time in Toronto. No. A couple of months later, I came as um as an intern on Parliament Hill, and yeah, I was um, an intern in the office of one of the members of Parliament. Got that experience. So then I decided. You know, English is good, but I'm really interested in politics (laughs) because Canadian politics is so interesting. And I thought, okay, when I'm back to Ukraine, I'm going to start working on that path. Yeah, it was interesting change in what I was planning because I entered the university thinking, okay, I'm going to be a good translator or interpreter or a teacher, you know, like I, I could choose. Like I had students, gave uh, private lessons as well. So it was interesting. Yes. Okay.
0: So then you go back and you say, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to study international relations.
1: So not right after I came back. We had presidential elections right after I returned from Canada and I uh, volunteered for one of the candidates. You might have heard Orange Revolution, So I uh, uh-huh. So I volunteered for uh, Viktor Yushchenko at that time on his in his election campaign. So and I decided to apply to Ukrainian parliamentary internship. So I did not pass the last stage. So it was frustrating, but then I thought, mm. you know, but I know English. <laughs> Yes, And I'm so into politics now. Why would I, you know, not try and enter the international relations? So all mm. of the things would definitely benefit. So yeah, I entered the Diplomatic Academy of Ukraine and, and studied foreign policy there in mm. international relations. And it was a master's degree. So I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. Really, I had internship at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. You know, you know, studies have, have never been easy for me. <laughs> But I really enjoyed that time for sure. You say that studies
0: have never been easy for you, but you have been exceptionally good in the academic world. I think so. Yeah, it's just... But you work yeah. for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you, you deserve it, my friend. There, You know, you, you yeah. use the word luck here and there a couple of times. And I'm thinking to myself, no, no, there's no luck. <laughs> you worked hard and you deserved it. So, okay. So you've got your English. You've got your international relations. And what was the intent?
1: Yeah, I did want to join something international, you know, like an international organization or, you know, something where I could actually be helpful with my knowledge of you know, the foreign policy, the global affairs and and English, of course. So, yeah, I was selected at the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees and the capital in Kiev. So it was my first job after I graduated from the academy. And it was so great. I loved it. You know, my team was international and my whole responsibility, like my whole job was in English, which I was dreaming about. So I was thinking, okay, and I'm gaining experience apart just, you know, like, teaching or, or doing something specifically uh-huh. or translating. So it was much broader, which I thought, Oh my God, when I entered the uh, foreign languages uh, faculty, I did not think about it. I thought I should be a very good interpreter, you know, like, but <laughs> here I just saw. So many opportunities ahead of me, you know, just opening the door for me. So, yeah, I uh, worked for the UN and later on I moved to another city in the western Ukraine because I met my future husband. Yeah, and there I I also was blessed to be selected to work for the OEC, the uh, special monitoring mission in Ukraine for almost four years before I moved to Canada.
0: So what year was this that you moved to western ukraine
1: it was in 2009
0: so you're you're there for four years and then you
1: pivot you come to canada exactly how's that happen so it was a long time awaited dream for for me and and my husband to, to come to canada we actually have waited for our immigration papers for seven years so exactly but we were you know like we just waited and you know completed all the steps that needed, but when they eventually came to Canada, which was five years ago, I would say it again, I'm sorry, but I was really lucky to find a job on the fifth day after we arrived uh- Okay, then I'll give you a little bit of luck. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> wait for it. I had only one Canadian family, my, my good friends, who whom I have known like for more than 10 years. And they just started circulating my resume. They asked me when I said, okay, guys, I'm coming to Ottawa. You know, it will be so good to see each other. And they were like, but you need a job. <laughs> so, and I'm like, yeah. So they just asked for my resume and they helped to circulate it. I got an interview Two days after we actually landed in Canada, two days after and and then I did not pass. But but the second one, they offered me a job and they gave me like 10 days to settle (laughs) because I was still looking for some accommodation with my husband. But yeah, you know, I'm shaking my head at that. Like this is just unreal.
0: Okay, so let's go back those seven years. So I'm going to assume and tell me if I'm wrong, you wanted to come to Canada based on your previous experiences with the Canadian Parliament. You got a taste of it. Okay.
1: It it has just become my dream, my purpose, my everything, Mm. you know, like I have to be there again, you know, it was just so great. And now I have my experience and I have my two diplomas and I should be very useful to this society. It loved me so many years back and I need to give it back you know like i was dreaming about it so i think during my wait time i did not waste my time so i really gained good experience with OCE and you know with you it was really great and i was thinking okay everything's happening for a reason so then it, i need to be prepared to be good in canada by the yeah. time i uh i move so that what happened
0: so let's go back to, because this is not a regular story of somebody coming to Canada and looking for a job. How did your husband do looking for a job? How was his
1: journey? He was luckier than me. His resume was not kind of shared <laughs> uh, because I got a job I and mean, then we were okay. But uh, he was lucky because he found a job as a teacher of Ukrainian and Russian in a foreign institute. You probably heard about Greybridge and Malcolm. So he... Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. okay, yeah, he was offered a job there to to teach Canadian Canadian diplomats you know, who were about to leave on a mission where there would be either Ukrainian or Russian language spoken, I think what maybe post-Soviet countries are. So uh, I think like four or five months later, he got that job.
0: That's probably That's, a little bit more like it yeah. than five days or two days. I know, like, right? I can't even imagine.
1: I, wouldn't you still have jet lag two days after? Exactly. But I wanted, oh. if you allow me, Tonya, I wanted mm-hmm. to say how I had to pivot because it was mm-hmm. not kind of, it was a good job. It was an office job, but it was not my dream job or let's say mm-hmm. my level job that I used to be in Ukraine. So I I was a senior program assistant in a nonprofit organization. So I was thinking, I was excited, you know, we had to pay our bills and, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, you always need money to survive, but uh, I was thinking... Okay, career-wise, I'm like 10 or 15 years back in the start of my career after I, you know, graduated from my first university, which was a little bit frustrating. And I was thinking, I'm assistant, you know. But then I thought, okay, I'm still, you know, in the office and I'm helping and and hopefully they will see my talents and I can contribute. So that was kind of a pivot for me and also like Hoping Mm -hmm. that it's not going to be forever, that I'll be able to find myself and and to start growing and, you know, career-wise, start growing in Canada, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to add.
0: Yeah, so it's it's a pivot. So even though it was a job, which was terrific, it wasn't at level. It wasn't in exactly what you've been studying and what you were good at and what nurtured your soul. Exactly. Okay. That's everything. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was talking to somebody and she said that missed opportunities, I wrote that down because I thought that was very succinct. It's a missed opportunity for Canada to not see the experience and the accomplishments and the contributing abilities and the value of immigrants. And it's a missed opportunity for the people that are coming here that aren't being seen and able to work in the field of their choice that they've had the experience in and they can contribute it.
1: I agree, but I wouldn't complain about myself in particular. I know that people struggle, those who are doctors, you know, like back in their countries. And, and of course it's frustrating that they can't continue their career here or they need more time. And in my mm-hmm. case, it was kind of, and, and you've probably seen because you were connecting me with, a, with the best mentor uh, and mm-hmm. you saw my kind of lips in my career in Canada. So I consider myself blessed and lucky really because I didn't, I didn't need to too much time to actually be mm-hmm the same uh, or be as successful as, as I was in Ukraine, for example. So I agree about really immigrants bring such great talent to Canada, but I also understand, you know, like it's a high standard society. So I've seen so many good stories, to be honest, and doctors and uh, teachers in their countries. who actually continue their career here. It was hard you know, like it was a difficult path for them, but still they made it. I mean, it's it's also, it also depends on ourselves, on our mindset. You know, I've seen very good stories of, of people, immigrants who really succeeded here in Canada.
0: Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. And I know what you mean about, you know, being blessed and, and lucky. Um, because definitely <laughs> there, there's there is luck that plays a role in, and somebody said yesterday, and again, I really like it. I wrote it down. You know, I write everything down. Yeah. You are where you are meant to be. For sure. That's a great
1: one. I I know.
0: Down as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You you are where you are meant to be. Because I had said that I really like the phrase, everything happens for a reason. And she said that she's changed that. She heard this from somebody and she really liked it. You are where you are meant to be. So when I'm talking to you and I think... That you have, and I've said this to you before, I'll say it to you again, such potential and such value and such just just everything. And I am excited, and I know Fawaz is excited, Fawaz was your mentor, to watch you absolutely blossom and make so many contributions here in Canada and to be part of the Canadian family. I mean, it is such a gift to us from you so on behalf of canada thank you well
1: thank you so much tonya oh he made me yeah <laughs> thank you really i i appreciate every word it inspires me to do more and to do better and for canadian society and and for all of you thank you so much really i'm very flattered and humbled thank you
0: well it's the truth now tell me
1: you've got a lot but what are you most proud of in your career life I'm so proud of kind of defining my strength, you know, at the right moment and using them. You know, after my first job, I got a second job as a program officer. I had to deal with many clients, uh, internationally and I realized that. I care about them so much that sometimes I argue with my manager that we need to do something, you know, like to to help them with the um, contracts and journey that they had with uh, my organization. And then later on, I understood that it's a strength to actually have a good client relationship, you know, stakeholder relationship. And I actually saw that pays off in your job because people are happy those people whom you work with, and I'm not trying to brag about myself, but I just saw that it helps me further. You know, like if I had some kind of um, a company helping with logistics for, for for my role, right, or helping with printing, like printing houses, and I just had good relationships with them, they pick up the phone, they, they help you faster. I mean, compared to to other colleagues, maybe I'm not sure, but I felt that it it just helps. When you're good with people, they're good with you. And then it actually helped me further with other relationships, with building good team relationships with my colleagues. And yeah, I realized, okay, so it's not just my job, it's my strength. So I need to use it and I need to kind of emphasize it further when I look for other opportunities, which is actually a modern world. We have to be nice to each other. You know, especially after COVID, you know, all this isolation thing, I found myself even, I was so social, but then after, you know, going back to the office, I was like, so many people, you know, but uh, I realized we really need to be nice and kind to each other in this modern world. So... It helped.
0: That is something very special to be proud of, and what I'm hearing, and it's making me think of have you've heard of the 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 idea of internal and external clients, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what it is, and and a lot of people don't know about you know as part of being a team, these are your internal clients, and you need to be contributing and offering excellent customer service to those people, just as much as you are to your external clients, the people that are buying your service or your product. Right. That's Mm
1: -hmm. exactly right. I agree completely.
0: I like the idea of, of that. That says a lot about you too, because you have a heck of a lot to have chosen from and to have chosen a people-based accomplishment to be proud of, I think is very special. And I think this is also very inspiring because a lot of people struggle with trying to figure out what their strengths are and they may not view people management
1: or all this kind of stuff as a strength. And you're showing us that, yes, it is. Thank you, Tanya. And I think, you know, I'm also lucky to have met you and, and to get your help in my career, so much. <laughs> I just want to use this opportunity to thank you, and I, I just felt this connection and, and your help and your guidance, and I was thinking, wow, <sighs> it's amazing because you're also you connecting people. It's it's just such a great strength, and I borrowed a lot from you. I mean, I, I just yes, I, I'm grateful. Thank you. Well, thank
0: you, and I'm deeply, deeply honored. Like this is such an honor and joy for me to, to do what I was doing. And even though I'm not at OCISO anymore, you, you can't stop me from connecting people because I'm, no I'm still, no, I'm still all about that. And I'm going to figure out, I'm busy, you know, you know me, I have ideas. They're just, you know, percolating away. So, you know, I love values. What are your top
1: three values? so thank you for this question i actually i'm glad that you shared with me this question because i i did not think i mean i I think about it every day in my work okay so this is my value you know i value this (laughs) so i think that the most my top three values would be integrity respect and gratitude gratitude would probably rank the first of this top three although i named it a third but uh i think being grateful to people to the situation to where you are right now is amazing it helps you see good things and also understanding that no one actually owes you anything you know and uh it's not i saw that i shouldn't take things for granted so just be grateful and respect for other people also goes a long way i mean you, you see sometimes you don't know the person but there is always a context you know there is always a story behind every individual you know mm-hmm. their struggles their successes and leadership so I always have respect for all, for all the people I I have a chance to to communicate to to encounter with you know those are my values <laughs> so gratitude
0: uh, integrity mm-hmm. and, and respect. respect and I you know every time I use the, I see the word grateful, I see it and I, or when I'm writing it, I always want to write G-R-E-A-T. I know, right? Me too. Isn't that funny? Like, it feels like that's how it should be because it's, it's great. Like that's, that's, that's what it feels. So, and I, I totally agree about uh, gratitude and, and the value of it. And, you know, as I when I've studied the, the coaching and stuff, this is where I learned the importance and the power of it, and the idea of abundance. And I know that a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I mean my husband. When he hears <laughs> this, he just would roll his eyes. But I think that when you live in this with this feeling of abundance and gratitude, that's what you're. That's what you're bringing. In, you're attracting that into your life. And if you spend all your time thinking about the negative things that are happening or upsetting you, that's what you're going to be putting back into the world. And it's going to be coming back into your life.
1: Oh, my God. Do you believe in that, too? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I believe in that. I don't do it on purpose, though. I just feel grateful. But I agree. It, it always it's a signal, you know, to the universe. Exactly. And it comes back. I agree completely. I believe in this.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you, uh, well, I mean, obviously you and I can talk for hours about this kind of thing because it, it's so integral and significant in life, I think. And I, I think too that a lot of issues in the world are probably based on or could be boiled down to a lack of security within ourselves and as as a society. And I think that the more that people have security within themselves, that's how they look into the world and that's what they they give into the world agreed for sure so there you see we, i think we could uh, we could <laughs> solve all the world's problems so do, now do you have a motivational quote or words that you live by
1: i do i was thinking about it i think the best would be maybe the best motivational quote would be start where you are use what you have and do what you can so i realized in my life and in my professional life in particular you don't need to wait until you gain certain experience or certain knowledge to get a job that you would love to have. You just have to try. You have to see. You have to apply. And actually, those people who are looking for colleague, right? They might see something in you that they need now. You know, like yeah, you might not have a second language, like perfect uh, knowledge of a second language, right? You might not have some kind of experience, or you may. You may have like not the biggest experience in that field, but maybe you have a vision, you know, maybe you have a, you know, some skills that they need now. So I think Mm -hmm. that you need to try, you need to use what you have right now and see what it brings you. Usually it brings something good in my experience. Okay, so...
0: So now, did you read
1: this or see it or distill it from something? Well, I saw it in the internet because I didn't know how to frame it nicely. So yeah, I found it. I googled what, what I think, you know, like, and it okay. gave me uh, this um, motivational quote of the day. So I thought, okay, yeah, hmm. it actually organizes all the words that I wanted to say in biggest sentence. So
0: yes. So start where you are. Use what you have do what you can
1: yes and then just wait i mean sometimes we are so impatient to get what we want but uh i realized you know as, as you've heard i wanted to be a politician i wanted to be in a news anchor i wanted to be that and that but then i thought okay maybe at this point i can do this and uh eventually actually brought me to a happy place where i am now so mm-hmm.
0: and so. i'm very happy like very happy i've seen if people would see your smile <laughs> Uh, and they probably feel it and hear it, you know. Your this this business, what you just said, it it made me think of an Anne Frank quote, which is how wonderful it is that no one has to wait, but can start right now to gradually change the world. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, I should have stolen this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the same it's the same sentiment. And. I'm left wondering then, you've studied international relations, you've done your stuff, your internship and all that kind of thing. You've wanted to be a politician. Do you still want to be a politician?
1: Thank you for this question. This is the question that I'm asking myself every day because I'm happy now where I am, you know, like feel very privileged to serve community and Canadian society. So I'm thinking, you know, like my husband says, as you grow professionally, you have to actually revive. Your priorities and your professional goals. So he said you were a kid, so you wanted to be a politician. Maybe it's no longer relevant. But I'm thinking: is it a forgotten dream, or is it just that it's something that I that I don't want to do anymore? <laughs> um- so. Exactly. I'm following politics. I'm following international politics and you know international news and and, and Canadian politics. You know, uh, as I'm fond kind of it. But um, different things that I'm observing. I'm thinking. I'm not sure it's my kind of mission. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because I can I can still contribute. You know, to to make it to make a world a better place, to make Canada a better place by mm-hmm. doing what I do every day. So there is no guarantee that I can do it if I try, you know, because we all know politics is very controversial thing. So mm-hmm. with my values, I'm not sure now. <laughs> And I'm not saying that politicians are bad people. They are wonderful people, and they start with good thoughts and intentions. But it's politics. Three dots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it it is. And I like what your husband said about revising your goals and really being intentional. I think that's I think that's so important. And I, I think you're right. You are changing the world, and you're doing a little Anne Frank business which is like the best you can, that you're starting now. And you're not doing this, okay, well, when I'm whatever and I'm a politician, every day that you're working, you're contributing to the betterment of our society. And I think that's fantastic.
1: Thank you, Tanya.
0: I agree. I think you're fantastic. You know that. I'm a fan. You are fantastic. Thank you so Uh, much. (laughs) So I'm going to end it now. And I'm going to ask you, how was it? And did you have fun?
1: I had fun. It was my first podcast interview and I absolutely enjoyed it. And I feel very honored to share. I hope I inspired someone today. I would like to thank you for giving me this opportunity. So maybe people can listen and, and think, I can do it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least, mm-hmm. hopefully. But uh, I feel amazing. Thank you so much for this feeling and, and for this experience.
0: Well, you know what? You've inspired me. Oh, Oh my god mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i've got again just my my brain is just working 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 and i loved what you said about you know you just do it just use what you have and do what you can and start where you are so thank you and thank the internet for that because that's a good a good motivational quote and yeah i think you're fabulous and i'm sending you a
1: giant hug thank you so much thank you all the best to you
0: Thank you so much, Marina, for spending your time with me, with us, on the playground today. If you are like me, this career chat with Marina has inspired you to become the best person you can be. I really appreciate her sharing her career journey with us and seeing how her leadership skills were identified and appreciated at an early age by her teachers. And, you know, when she didn't get into the Ukrainian parliamentary internship program— She decided to apply to the International Relations Program at the Diplomatic Academy of Ukraine. I was going to say that she found herself working at the UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR, but that's not the case. She did not find herself doing that. She intentionally and purposefully created that opportunity for herself. She worked hard throughout her life, focusing on the positive things she experienced and felt, feels, Gratitude for everything she has. She does not take anything for granted. I love that it was her dream, her purpose, her everything to get back to Canada, and she never gave up her dream. She also didn't waste her waiting time. She took that time to gain valuable experience to help build her future career in Canada. She found a quote from Arthur Ashe that she feels best sums up her attitude Start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. She is doing just that in her role as program officer with the Canadian government. She is making a conscious contribution to the Canadian family by using her skills, experiences, and strengths to make a difference every day. You can feel her positive attitude, the joy and gratitude she exudes throughout the conversation, and you can see why I wanted to have a career chat with her on the playground, because she's amazing big thanks to you, Marina. And remember, if we're not already connected, I invite you to become a puddle jumper and follow me on Instagram at puddlejumpcoaching001. Please join me on the playground again for next week's inspiring mystery guest. And until then, I wish you a beautiful week. Remember to start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Until next time, when we will jump into the future together. (music) You're not going to be able to do that. to do that.